0: Thank <laughs> you.
2: They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, hall of famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Jazz, The Two men. Marty Elias. I'm the senior official here for Lucha Underground. I've been in the business for over 20 years, refereed some of the greatest matches in the industry. I've seen it all and I've worked with the best and that's why I'm here in Lucha Underground.
3: Senior official Marty Elias officiating the action here. We're
2: doing things that are different changing the game of professional wrestling, guaranteed. There's a hybrid. You have the American style, you have the Lucha, and you have the Japanese strong style. There's no barriers around the ring. The action is within two or three feet of the audience. People love being a part of it, seeing the blood, sweat, and tears. It's exciting. It's something that's never been done before. Some of the things that I've witnessed here thus far, just amazing. The new game changer of professional wrestling, Lucha Underground. Catch it.
3: This is the two man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by PassPros.com. Head on over to PassPros.com for autographs and signed memorabilia direct from over 100 former athletes from the world of baseball, football, basketball, and yes, even wrestling. And head on over to PassPros.com to check out exclusive merchandise and exclusive deals from the two-man power trip of wrestling from all of the autograph events that we will be participating in in 2017. And it's all over at PassPros.com because every former pro either sells their items from their own private collection or gives you the opportunity to send your items directly to them. And it's all over at PassPros.com. But hey, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know because my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And, John, what an interesting episode we've got in store for you today as we welcome the senior referee of Lucha Underground and a referee with over 25 years' experience in professional wrestling. He's also a former WWE referee. He is Marty Elias, and he joins the program today. And yet again, as we've mentioned in all the episodes that have a Lucha Underground talent involved in it, we learn yet another dimension of what that operation is all about. Now, if you think about the full landscape of the guests that we've had on, we've obviously talked to the commentators in Matt Stryker and Vampiro. We've talked to the ring announcer in Melissa Santos. We've talked to the talent like Marty the Moth or Paul London or even getting the perspective from Carly Perez and getting what Lucha Underground is doing from every single different perspective in the operation So what else could we do? We found the referee. We got Marty Elias on with us today. And yet again, we add that dimension to the program. We find out more about Lucha Underground. And in staying with the same theme, it's all very, very positive. But that's something that I like to hear because I think in professional wrestling, obviously, a lot of negative is always very uh, controversial uh, to get headlines when you bash somebody or you say something kind of uh, out there. And Lucha Underground has been a target of a lot of people, but, you know, you can't knock the product. They're trying to do something different, and they've been very successful thus far and have received some pretty rave reviews from not just people inside the business, but from outside of the business as well. But, John, I think one thing that we can take away from this interview is that we got to learn from the inside of the ring, from the referee perspective. We get to see what it is they do in a match. And, obviously, when you think about Marty Elias' career, one thing that's going to shine through in this interview there's one particular match that Marty Elias is definitely known for and when you think about Wrestlemania and you think about some of the best matches of the last 10 years this particular match is definitely on the top of that list and it's his involvement in that that I think is going to dominate a big part of what is taken out of this interview in addition to all the positivity about Lucha Underground
0: yes Chad back here again two man power trip wrestling in 2017 I know we Kind of say that in the beginning of our episode, that the hits just keep on coming. But quite frankly, they keep on coming. So I gotta say it, you know, on the top of my little intro here. But Chad, you know, I just loved this interview. Not just because we do get into Wrestlemania and we do get into Shawn Michaels and Undertaker stuff but I just love talking the inner workings of the wrestling business and when you talk to somebody that's been in the business for over 20 years and they got an abundance of knowledge and abundance of info I just love picking their brain and it's pretty cool to be able to just ask a question you're always wondering whether it be kind of a stupid question or a silly question or maybe a too much of an inside question but to be able to get a great answer out of it and almost you know get those questions answered that have been burning questions for so many years now the inner workings of the business is, is almost like what does the referee really mean is the you know what is the importance of the referee in a match can the referee really add to a match can they really make the match better can a referee really detract of a match? Can a a referee make the match worse? And I love asking those questions to Marty and getting his answer on it and getting his take on it because it's so fascinating to me that we've been watching wrestling now, Chad, uh, combined with between me and you, almost 70 years combined that we've been watching wrestling, which is pretty crazy when you think about it, but to not really know the real meaning of the referee I mean yes we do and we know what they do and we know you know they got the earpiece in and we know that they know the finish or maybe sometimes they don't know the finish uh, you know whether they're dealing with an injury whether they're dealing with the crowd whether they're telling the wrestler to do this whether they're maybe cutting a wrestler open who hasn't played it before I mean we know some of those things but we really don't know the actual importance because we're not that referee and we're really not in the business if you will you know we're just two marks uh, with a with a show here that just love the business so much so when we ask these questions we really really genuinely want to know you know, what is the importance of the referee in the match what does he really do and there's not pretty much a better guy you're going to find out there than Marty Elias a former WB referee a current senior official for Luch Underground he's been all over the world he's been in the business for over 20 years so you're not going to be able to pick a brain like his and I just love this convo I love talking about the referee's importance. I love talking about him with Lucha Underground, adding to Lucha Underground, either be in front of the camera or behind the camera. I love getting into the misconceptions about referees. I love getting into maybe some injuries that have happened and quote-unquote throwing up the X. So really fun, really in-depth interview. Marty was just an absolute blast, and if you can get a chance to learn from Marty, check out his Twitter, check out his Facebook and reach out and go to one of his seminars and really really learn from a master at his craft.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. And now that we're starting to see Marty get out there and kind of take on the uh the secondary world of the seminar route and getting more involved with the fans and the direct contact, you know, it's definitely if you see him coming to your neck of the woods, you want to take advantage of a seminar if you're either looking to be a referee or hey, you want to learn more about the business. He's the kind of guy that is very open and does not hold back from answering any questions that you do have. Now, that kind of ties into why he's joining us. He's promoting an upcoming seminar on February 18th out there in California with the Santino Brothers, and you can get all of the information about that in the episode from Marty Elias directly, so I will leave that up to him to give it the proper pitch. But definitely, when you ha- when you talk about referees, you talk about that hidden art, the guy that is really, if you're a smart fan, you kind of keep your eye on him alive because you can get the vibe of the match if it's a television match you can kind of watch them for time cues and I find myself getting wrapped up in stuff like that all the time and on the house show, you know, they really are a general and it takes a lot to be a good referee and we kind of dissect a little bit of the referees in uh, today's WWE world, you know, maybe they're kind of, you know, I, I can kind of point myself in this direction saying that, you know, they're, they're being more manufactured now and that's uh, from me saying that, uh, not Marty, but you know, I, I don't like how they're kind of grooming referees that uh, aren't necessarily referees by trade, you know, a lot of converted wrestlers, it's not necessarily necessarily a bad thing it's just something that i don't really uh i don't really like but when you think about those referees that came up in marty's era you know these are guys that really learned the tricks of the trade and now he's bringing this to lucha underground and it's only going to help lucha underground because he is a very good referee and john when you think about some favorite parts of the interview what are some things that really stick out to you from what marty had to say because i found him to be so engaging and, and really a lot of fun to talk to because again like i said he does not hold back And he's pretty much a straight shooter. He tells you exactly what it is he wants to tell you when you ask that question.
0: Yeah, you know what? Possibly my favorite part of the interview, and I know I alluded to it before with Shawn Michaels and with The Undertaker, is the fact that Marty has an absolutely amazing story to tell and an absolutely amazing experience that he had. And that was being the referee for the match, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, WrestleMania 25, in my view, arguably, their better match. I know 26 was great as well, and it was the retirement match, but I like 25 better, and I like 25 more. And in the fact that WrestleMania 25 was possibly the worst WrestleMania ever, and that match just sticks out even further because it was just amazing. It's almost like Arcade 97, a little bit, where it's like, wow, like, what's the one good thing about the show? You know, not a lot of things stuck out. That match really, really stuck out and it was such an amazing match and it was possibly one of the greatest Wrestlemania matches of all time it's definitely in the top 10 for sure maybe in the top 5 depending who you are but I mean that's neither here nor there it's just a great Wrestlemania match and a great moment and guess who was right there smack dab in the middle of it Marty Elias was the referee for that match I love getting the details of this match he has some crazy awesome stories about this that I'm sure is going to get picked up and put everywhere because it's such an amazing story and I love the fact that he kind of wouldn't say it, but he kind of say it. The fact that you're requested for a match. And he was requested for this match, whether it be by Undertaker, whether it be by Shawn Michaels. And that's kind of the ultimate thing you know, for a referee. It's like the ultimate compliment for a referee. You're being requested for your work, and they want you to work that match. So that's awesome, and that story is cool as hell. The fact that it's one of the greatest mania matches adds to it. The fact that he's in the middle of it adds to it. So cool. We talked to him about not only being a part of the match but being a vital key part of the match and kind of what his role was there. And a little bit of a tidbit, the match goes over the allotted amount of time. Why did it go over the time? Do they get in trouble for going over? You're gonna hear some great stories about that match. So that's possibly my favorite part of the interview. I mean the whole interview is awesome and I love picking his brain and kind of getting all these great stories from him but that story definitely stuck out just because it's a memorable moment in the history of the wrestling business
3: absolutely and that match like i said at the top of the program one of the best wrestlemania matches of the last 10 years easily and arguably the best of the last 10 years those two guys obviously doing it twice and in a rare class in that, that they were back-to-back WrestleMania opponents and obviously WrestleMania 26, the demise, the end of the career of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, who's been a pretty popular subject on the show as of late with Marty Janetti and now Marty Elias. So if anybody else named Marty wants to come on and talk about Shawn Michaels, the door is always open, but we want to thank Marty Elias so much for coming on with us and spending the time he did speaking about his career, talking about Lucha Underground and all the great things going on there over on the L Ray Network as Season 3 continues to roll on. And actually, after we recorded this interview with Marty Elias, Elias. Not soon after did we hear the announcement that seasons one and two of Lucha Underground are coming to Netflix. So Lucha Underground slowly but surely going to be on the biggest landscape of them all with Netflix, something that I think everybody and their mother has. And it's obviously helping the wrestling business along as more eyes on the product means more people talking about Lucha, underground now John as we start to move on here and we move forward with this huge 2017 that we've had so far a lot of big things coming in the works for the two-man power trip of wrestling cannot wait to start sharing some of the guests with you and start kind of rolling out some of the big things that are coming but as the music starts to creep in hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and let's get it on over to Marty Elias (laughs)
0: and now for some tmpt business like us on facebook follow us on twitter at two man Power Trip, and at Wrestling pal please visit our website tmptofwrestling.com that is tmptofwrestling.com subscribe to us on youtube you can also subscribe to us on itunes While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for some legendary episodes featuring the living legend himself, Bruno Sammartino, the late great American dream, Dusty Rhodes, Ray Mysterio Jr., Jeffrey McDivitt, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Mr. Wonderful Paul Onder, AJ Styles, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the web, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, that is WrestlingInc.com. They are the number one wrestling news source out there, so please check them out. Also, while on the internet, go to prowrestlingtees.com. Yes, prowrestlingtees.com is your superstore if you are a super fan, And you could please check out our page while you're there. You can check out Tito Santana, Paul Ornder, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, Buff Bagwell, And so, so many others. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. April 22nd, we hit Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Icon Collectors Fest. Then, May 19th and May 20th, we hit the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Expo in Richmond, Virginia. Then, follow us to New Jersey as we hit Legends of the Ring in Monroe. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 because you never know where we may land.
3: And now without any further ado, a former WWE referee and now the senior official for Lucha Underground, this is Marty Elias. Please enjoy.
1: All right, so excited, so pumped to be joined on the line tonight by the senior official for Lucha Underground. Of course, you remember him in the WWE as one of their referees, but he's got over 25 years' experience, and to go inside the temple, we've been in there with the announcers and the performers, but now it's time to get the referee point of view, and here we go with Marty Elias. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, guys.
1: Uh, we're so pumped to have you. Like I said, we've been joined by a lot of different people from Lucha Underground, obviously. Season 3 is up and going as we speak on the El Ray Network. But we've talked to the wrestlers. We've talked to even uh, Melissa Santos, the ring announcer's point of view. But now I'm dying to get your point of view of what is going on in that temple. But so far, let's stick with Season 3. How do you think Season 3 has developed so far from your point of view?
2: Season 3 is... Uh doing very well. And what I mean by that is storyline-wise and the characters that are being introduced and the storylines that are being uh, presented are, are, are something, you know, that fans haven't seen. Uh, we just did our mid-season finale uh, last week, I believe. And, you know, so we're going to be up up again summer 2017. But there's still so much to come, and there, there's so many twists and turns that, that people – aren't going to see coming, and you're going to go, oh, my God, especially Ultimate Lucha Thrust, which we've already, you know, filmed and completed, you know, when people see, you know, how that turns out and what comes of that, people are going to go, oh, my God, I didn't see it coming. There you go.
1: (laughs) That's a lot of what everybody says is they didn't see it coming because you never know what twists, what turns. What little uh, things are going to get thrown in there, but it's like every time you tune into a Lucha Underground episode, and like I said, we've talked about this with everybody—you never know what's coming next. Is that something that you absolutely love about the product? Because we've we've compared it to episodic television so many times, but it's really true—you just you never know what's going to happen to your favorite character on any given week.
2: Yeah, you know, as as a fan of old school stuff. You know the surprises. I mean, as far as the the Royal Entrance and and you know just who who's coming in. I mean, you know back from the 90s. I mean with Rick Rude and uh, Lex Luger showing up on somebody else's television and things like that. That's what I think Lucha Underground is bringing to today's wrestling product. You know, where the twists and turns, are coming so fast and you're, you just don't know who's going to appear and who's coming or, or who's doing what. For example, you know, we had season three, our uh, debut, uh, we had uh, Honky Tonk Band. You know, who had a cameo? We didn't announce it. We didn't let anybody know. We filmed it and such, but it was so cool to keep it under wraps. And then when people seen it, it was like, oh my God, was that really the honky-tonk man? So doing <laughs> things like that, I think Lucha Underground is really changing the game, so to speak.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even at the beginning in season one, I believe it was, when Molina showed up, I mean, even that was such a subtle, uh, just a su- subtle appearance. And one of those things where you're like, well, you know, Morrison's there. So it kind of fits on, uh, or Mundo, it kind of fits that she would show up. But that, again, the episodic feel to it. You never know what's going to happen next. I think that that's been kind of beat to death, but do you really, do you see that true, that that episodic comparison to all these popular television shows really reigns supreme when we talk about the Lucha Underground product?
2: No, I think Lucha Underground is in a class by itself. And I think that, uh, you know, the whole episodic TV and, and what we're doing, because – you got to check it out this way. Episodic TV can only do so much. Whereas Luch Underground, you know, we we can have people from the dead, you know, reappear. I mean, we can take people into space. So, you know, I think Luch Underground, sky's the limit. And I believe that, um, without giving too much away, I think we're going to be going places. You know, where people are going to go. Oh my God, they went there. So, episodic TV won't be able to do that or compete with Lucha Underground or what we're doing and, and, you know, the ideas. Because in the production meetings with Lucha Underground, it's great, you know, to sit in these meetings and creative meetings and go, well, what if we did this? Or what do you think about that? And people are just ran robbing and, 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 and just throwing stuff and going like, you think that'll work? Hey, that's pretty cool. And, and just to have that insight and just to bounce ideas and just things that you can say, well, what do you think? Huh? Should we? And getting Eric Van Wagen involved and, and, and getting his spin on it, too, and just seeing the creative forces at work within Lucha Underground. I mean, it, it's really a pleasure. And I, and I think that we have the edge over Episodic TV, you know, to to do some things that other people haven't done and people won't do.
1: Yeah, you could kill off a character, and he could come back, and obviously watch The Walking Dead, and once that character's killed off, they are not coming back, and if they do come back, it's for about eight seconds before they're they're killed again, but, you know, you have the most interesting point of view or, or kind of viewpoint in the house, obviously you're in the ring, you get to see the action, you get to see how it develops. And so many great names and so many people that we've talked to that just everybody, it's, it's almost like in unison, they say the same thing, that the camaraderie of the group, of the cast, of the folks backstage, the production people, the writers, the performers, the executives, everybody's got this positive feeling to the atmosphere of the temple, Lucha Underground. Did you feel that immediately? And obviously you've been in the biggest locker rooms in the history of the business, but being in that Lucha Underground locker room, do you feel that camaraderie and that sense of uh, this is a team and we are going to put the best product out there?
2: Yeah, I feel it every time I'm, I'm there around uh, the crew and talent. Uh, no matter of us doing the live shows that we did recently, or just doing the tapings, I mean, you you feel the magic. You feel how special this is. You know, when they first called me about it, you know, Krista Joseph called me about it a long time ago, and he had approached me, and he told me what it was in, in a nutshell, but he really couldn't tell me what what it really was. So I jumped on board, you know, Leap of Faith, you know, because I was done with wrestling. I said, you yeah, know, I don't want to do this anymore. I've been there, done that. WrestleMania 25, Taker, Sean, top that so uh i said all right i'll take a leap of faith which i did but going there and seeing the temple for the first time meeting everybody and just the excitement because we were on the verge of our first taping and seeing what was coming and what was written and the characters that they had in mind it was just something that i just went oh my god i did the right thing i remember coming home and telling my wife This is special. This is something that's going to be cool, and it's going to knock people's socks off. And she's like, really? And I go, yeah. She's like, well, you've been doing it long enough, so you you should know. And sure enough, I mean, look where we're at today. I mean, people love the product. They love the brand. And I love being around each and every one of those, you know, individuals, because whether it be the talent, the crew, the producers, you know, uh, anywhere from security to the talent to whomever, I mean, everybody is equal there, and everybody – has a say and an input and it's something special you know where we're putting all these different things in a big melting pot and it's getting mixed up and we're getting this great product which people know is lucha underground so yeah I'm blessed I'm you know I'm not going anywhere neither is lucha underground <laughs>
1: That is so awesome to hear, and it's so great to hear the passion and what you have to say about everything. And, you know, you mentioned the the temple, and the temple has almost become like, you know, the 10th guy on a baseball diamond. It's really become its own entity in the Lucha Underground universe. But before we get to the vibe of the temple, you mentioned the live shows and the fact that Lucha Underground is starting to get out there on the road. Now, obviously, everybody involved with Lucha Underground has been on the road. They've been wrestling all over the world. They've been to the small towns, the big towns, the big arenas, the small arenas continents, everywhere and in between. But this is the first time getting out there and touring together. Now, did you see that as something that was a big step for Lucha Underground? Because from seeing the pictures, uh, even the look of the live show and the crowd, I mean, obviously getting outside the temple is very cool, but did you see that as like the next step forward for the whole product uh, or brand, you know, moving forward?
2: Yes, and that whole live event, part of Lucha Underground is something that's going to be crucial for the brand itself. And with us taking those first steps and doing the three shows that we did uh, in October, November was a very big step and it was a very good progression for us to get out there and feel it and see, you know, what the reaction was going to be. And of course, you know, we had a great sponsor with Cricket Nation, you know, who loves Lucha Underground and is very behind it. So don't be surprised if you see some stuff coming up, uh, shortly sooner than later with Lucha Underground and some live stuff and some other big announcements that are coming. Of course, I can't give anything away. I'd love to, but I can't. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it it was something special. And, and, And once again, just with these individuals, just with the talent that we have and just us coming together, you feel that charisma, you feel that star power, you feel everything that's there because Everybody has the same goal. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants to see Lucha Underground be successful. And when you have that many people who are positive about something, then something awesome is going to happen. And that's what happens with Lucha Underground. I mean, everybody is so positive about it. That this is why, I, in my humble opinion, this is why the product is where it's at.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%, and that charisma and the personality of all the superstars, all the wrestlers, all the performers. I mean, we've heard it straight from the, uh, the horse's head from so many of the guys and gals and just giving us such great feedback and just taking it back into the temple. And like I said, it is that 10th person on the diamond or the next person on the football field. It really plays a huge role. But what does going inside the temple mean to you when it's time to stripe on, uh, the, put on the striped shirt and get in the ring and let's get some, uh, some matches underway?
2: when I step into the temple and step into the ring, it's it's all about business and let's uh, be in the best performer that I can be. You know, a lot of people think, you know, when I get in the ring, and I've told people this, just, just telling them, because I'm confident in what I do and what I bring and my experience and such and everything. I personally humbly feel that me, that there's nobody better than me, and I feel that I'm the Shawn Michaels of referees. I'm that good. Call it ego, call it what you want. But I'm that guy because I, I, I would like to believe that when people see Marty Elias step into the ring, they're gonna have a hell of a match.
0: That is great. But you know, besides the referee role there, and I love they said Shawn Michaels referees, that's cool. But what kind of else you know, what other role do you play within Lucha Underground? Because you mentioned creative meetings and production meetings.
2: Yeah, I'm actually in charge of, of the rings. I'm in charge of the maintenance of the rings, uh, approving all the props and such as far as ladders, chairs, tables, all that other good stuff. Uh, none of that stuff happens without me approving it. And I make sure that tables are, you know, done the right way, ladders are, are the correct ladders and such. And then I communicate with Krista Joseph, Eric Van Wagen, and our uh, awesome uh, uh, set designers and such and everything just to make sure that we're uh, all on the same page with with stunts or or things that we're gonna do. so I'm heavily involved with that, but not, none of that stuff happens without me signing off on a different prop like a a ladder or a guitar or a table, you know, and of course the ring, you know uh, we don't start tapings unless i I give the sign off uh, as far as you know the ring being how it needs to be, if it's correct. Uh, ring ropes are tight. Uh, your steps are in place. You know, there's no squeaking. There's doing no nothing. So I'm in charge of that. I do sit in on the creative meetings, and I do have uh, my two cents that I throw in, just as everybody else does. But uh, ultimately, you know, Krista Joseph and Chris Roach and Matt Stolman were the guys who were, uh, you know, being oh, uh, who are the, the creative forces of Blue Churn Underground. Uh, I also make all the referee assignments and such. And everything, uh, I, I make sure you know that specific referees are assigned to whoever or whatever. And uh, you know, I, I actually help uh, get a lot of the extra talent uh, as far as security guys, uh, guys who need to come in, you know, get tryouts and such. and Everything I'll get called, you know, to to see if there's anybody new or somebody fresh or somebody, you know, that we can take a look at. And so, you know, there's there's a whole different uh, bunch of hats that I wear. Uh, behind the scenes at Lucha Underground. Uh, it's something, you know, that I, I really wanted to do at WWE. And who's to say that I, I won't do it there eventually. Uh, but it's something that I'm doing now. And uh, I, I'm really loving that side of the business because I'm a lot more involved with it than I was at uh, WWE. WWE, I was refereeing. I was doing little things here and there, but it wasn't to the extent that I'm doing at Lucha Underground. And that's the other thing, too, you know, that I would really like people to understand, and I've said this on a couple other interviews and such, is that there's a stigma with pro wrestling referees and that people don't give us the respect that we deserve. And I'm not saying that to be mean or whatever. I'm just saying that people don't give the respect that the referees deserve because the fact that we do so much more things behind the scenes and we do more than count a one, two, three. And one of the things, you know, that I've seen is that more times than not, that instead of getting a great referee to enhance a match and make a match that much better, some folks would rather just get a student or or a, a guy who is a wrestler, training to be a wrestler. They'll put a striped shirt on them, or they'll get somebody from the crowd and assume that all you do is count one, two, three. It's so much more than that. And I'm so grateful to Lucha Underground that they're giving me that opportunity behind the scenes to prove and take that stigma away. And I've actually done a few videos for them for social media showing, uh, you know, the ring and and some other things. So I, you know, behind the scenes, yeah, I do sit in on a bunch of stuff. I I do have my two cents like everybody else does. Like I said, it's a team effort and you know, it's, it's been awesome. And I'm looking forward to doing so much more.
0: I definitely wanted to touch on those videos because I thought that was cool. And that was different. Obviously, I believe they had one with Melissa Santos, and have you know one with uh, Vampiro and stuff. And uh, Matt Stryker had one. What was it like doing that social media video? Because that's something different, something that WWE would never do. Have the referee kind of uh, you know walk you hand in hand, with what's going on? You know, from your perspective.
2: Yeah, I have to thank our, our social media folks. You know, they in the El Network for believing. You know, they came to me from the very outset of Lucha Underground and said, "Hey, we wanted." give a different spin on things you know we know you're a referee but you're also a talent tell us some of the things that people should know and at first I was kind of shocked and I thought they were ribbing me or something but they they were sincere about it and I go no we we want to do certain videos and like you said they're going to do things with Matt they're going to do things with Melissa and such so when they asked me I said yeah so what they did is they had me write down some things, you know, that I had in mind, some things, you know, that I'd, I'd I'd like people to know. And they were so receptive to it. I mean, as far as, you know, the stuff with the ring, the stuff that's, you know, nobody really pays attention to. Uh, the one that we released a few weeks ago was about the ropes and the ring tension and some other stuff. Uh, and there's actually going to be another one that's going to be released within the next couple months, uh, you know, where I talk about some other things as far as what referees do. So, you know, I, I'm I'm really, really excited and, and happy that Lucha Underground is, is taking a different approach in presenting talent for what they are and what they do. And they're not afraid, you know, to to show you what a referee does because they consider referee a part of the team, a part of the talent, and they want to know what it is because it is interesting. It's very unique. I mean, like I've said, you know, not just anybody can jump up and go in and become a referee. It's hard work.
0: No doubt about that. And uh, it's pretty cool to see it from a different perspective as well. I mean, get the referee's perspective. That, you know, but basically, and that's the third man in, in every match, or you know, it could be the, the fifth man depending on the match, how many people are in it. But they play a key vital role for sure. And I like that Lucha Underground does that. They do so many things differently that I really enjoy. And I think that's what makes them stick out. Do you think, you know, with the character and everything else, do you think being that unique and being that different as a whole, Lucha Underground, really, really makes them stick
2: out? Yeah, uh, you know, with with Lucha Underground being as different as we are and them, you know, stepping, to, stepping back and going, okay, Marty Elias, the referee, is a talent. Melissa Santos is a talent and so on and so on. Lucha Underground are doing something different where they're stepping outside of the box and they're they're presenting things that other folks have never done. And for myself, as far as the referee stuff, nobody's ever done that. Nobody's ever done that. And I remember going, God, man, I want people to know who I am, but I let my work do the talking for me. But now I have a different platform with Lucha Underground where folks are noticing who Marty Elias is, through the social media stuff that they're doing and the fact that I'm on TV, everyone's in night, Matt Stryker says my name and such or whatever. But it, it's given a whole different spin, and people are getting involved with whether you like the referee, you like the the ring announcer, you like uh, you know, a certain character. Lucha Underground has given you just different things. The analogy that I like to use is that Lucha Underground has given you a buffet, so to speak, where when you go to a buffet, there's certain things – spread across that you have the choice to pick what you like and what you don't like. They're not giving you a steak meal every night. They're giving you a buffet. They're giving you a choice. And you as the audience and as the viewer, you get to make the decision on who you like and who you dislike. So from that vantage point, I think Lucha Underground is doing a tremendous job in doing something that nobody is even doing or has done in a, in a long time.
0: Well, the buffet analogy as well is so different. And what's really cool, I mean, we mentioned some of the surprise guys, like you said, like uh, back in the day, Nitro with, uh, you know, Luger and Rude, and now Lucha Underground is kind of doing that same thing. And you don't see it coming with uh, an El Patron or with, um, like I said, a Honky Dog Man, or especially with a guy like Rey Mysterio. What do you think he's meant to the last couple seasons of the show? Because that was an awesome surprise. I ah, kind of, you know, you read online it you know he might be coming in, but when, once you actually see it, it's like, wow, Mysterio just showed up. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and we pride ourselves on talking to people and getting a feel for what people want and people, you know. Yeah, I like to say the Lucha Underground has the, uh, the their their finger on the pulse of what's happening and who's out there. You know, there, there's so many great talents out there right now on on, on the independents, and so it's whether it be Japan, you know, UK u.s mexico whatever uh with ray ray coming in it was great because i remember seeing him and talking to him and we had a discussion about lucha underground and such and he was really excited you know to look at it and see it and see what it was and you know when they finally started talking to him when they were able to talk to him legally and such it was great because he was so excited and he brought such a a shot in the arm to Lucha Underground. And I'm not saying Lucha Underground was suffering at that time, but Lucha Underground was growing. And the baby steps that we were taking, that gave us like a big boy step, if it makes sense. You know, because we were wearing the baby shoes, doing the baby steps, but with Ray coming on board, it gave us that big boy step, you know, where, where we were somebody to be reckoned with. And I think with the additions that we've made to the roster and the talent that those big boy shoes are getting bigger every day and every season and every episode. So with Ray doing that and him being Mr. Lucha and being, you know, the king that he is, I mean, nobody can stop us. And that's my humble opinion.
0: Yeah. Once you bring in a guy like Ray Mysterio, that's like, uh, you know, turning up the, uh, the dial there is definitely bringing it to a level and there's no, you know, kind of going backwards. It's only going forward from there, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I love him as a wrestler and i love him as a human being the the guy is so humble he loves his fans he loves what he does and it was great because he's mentioned you know that this has given him a different perspective on his career and what he wanted to do and you know to hear him talk about you know his career and lucha underground or being a part of it and you just go like wow man that just makes you i mean for me personally it makes me want to work that much even harder You have to make Lucha Underground the success that it is and take it different places.
0: Absolutely. Now, changing gears just a a little bit here, you mentioned before WrestleMania 25, Michael first Undertaker, obviously the third man in the ring is you. Now, two guys known for WrestleMania, which is obviously WWE's big show. Obviously, Michael's a Mr. WrestleMania to most. Undertaker had that long streak. What was it like? kind of being the third man in that situation. And given the fact that they had an amazing match as well, kind of throw that into the mix. So what was that like at WrestleMania 25?
2: That was amazing. For me personally, it it was something, you know, that I was in awe of uh, being in the ring with Taker and Shawn, but not to the sense where I was marking out. And, of course, we're all marks. I'll admit that. I still am to this very day. But it wasn't the sense that I was marking out you know, because oh my God, this is WrestleMania. This is Shawn, it's Taker. I was marking up because of the fact that I had the opportunity to get in and do this. And for me, everything that I had worked for—blood, sweat, and tears—all the BS, all the stuff that you know—no paydays and long car rides—and you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, my family, not seeing my family, and you know, relationships going bad or whatever. For me, being in that match and the match turning out to what it is today, it was all worth it because all that stuff paid off. And, of course, that match was voted uh, the greatest WrestleMania match in the history of WWE. So it doesn't get any better than that. You know, to hear that and to know that, I mean, I I, I, I still pinch myself and go, man, I was part of an awesome match. I was a part of a great match. But being a part of it, being in there, it, it was it was an experience that I'll never forget. And it's funny because I remember the match building and I remember uh, when we got to the outside right before Taker did the dive and, and Sean did the moonsault out and everything else. And I got thrown against the the barricade. You felt it and you felt the momentum that this was going to be something special because the way they had that match, you know, built I mean, you you could just feel it, and and we had the crowd, we had the crowd from the get go, but you know, for it to turn in, turn out the way it turned out, like I said, I still pinch myself, and I'm blessed every day. And if and if my life ended today, I, I could say that I had a a, a great match in uh, WWE history, and uh, you know, I'll always be a part of WWE history, and you know, Taker's history and Sean's history, and uh, you know, nobody else can say that. So. To me, I'm blessed, I'm humbled, and like I said, I still pinch myself, and uh, man, what a treat. I wish everybody could have felt that.
0: Great match, amazing to be a part of that match. The only, I think, problem everyone had with that match is it didn't go on last. I think that was the only, yeah. uh, the only thing people said about that match.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, because if you read Sean's latest book, uh, yeah. uh, the one, uh, which one was it? The wrestling for my life. Okay. Uh, uh, the one that he released about a year ago. If you read that book, uh, the first chapter talks about, uh, the WrestleMania match, uh, a little bit of history on that match. And, and I, and I laugh because he said it wasn't the main event. That match was actually only supposed to, it was only supposed to be 15 minutes. And they were originally supposed to be third on the card for, for for that show. And I'm laughing because I remember being told that and us sitting in there. It was my, me, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Pat Patterson. And uh, did I say Michael Hayes already? Nope. Uh, yeah, so it was us sitting there. And when Michael Hayes told Shawn and Taker, you know, that we were third and we only had 15 minutes, I mean – it was something that needed to be changed and it did change. But of course, you know, we didn't get the main event, but it was something, you know, that we were just kind of looked at each other and and Sean and, and Taker looked at each other and kind of gave this, these puzzled looks. And I I still remember that. And when you said that, that it wasn't the main event, it just brought back a bunch of memories. And that's why I'm laughing about it because it it should have been the main event. But one of the things, you know, that I will say a little story uh, that after, after that match, Sean and I came through the curtain, and we walked through the curtain, and everybody's clapping, everybody's standing ovation, and Hurricane Helms uh, was standing right there. And I'll never forget what he said. He says, oh, my God. He goes, if there's a mercy rule in, in pro wrestling right now, they might as well put the mercy rule right now. And he goes, because ain't nobody going to follow that. <laughs> so, uh you know, that, that was something I'll never forget. And, of course, it was it was a great match. Should have been the main event. I always tell people this. It was the main event. So there you go. Yeah, true. Good point.
0: And, uh, obviously, that match is going to be the most remembered match, not only on that card, but kind of in the history of the annals of WrestleMania, which is cool. But I'm always interested in this because, you never really know, you know, being a wrestling fan for so long, you're not behind the scenes, so you don't know this kind of stuff. But how do you get selected for that match? Is it kind of someone, is it like someone kind of like you are with Lucha Underground, someone is appointing you that match, or is that the match you kind of fight for to be, you know, the referee of that awesome match?
2: I'll I'll put this very, very bluntly. and Whether it be Lucha Underground or even my time at WWE or even in Mexico or whatever, when... A talent requests you to be their referee, uh, that's how you get those type of spots. And that's all I'll say about it.
0: Oh, okay. All right. I like that. Good good enough for me. Yeah. That's uh, pretty good. Because, you know, with the referees, people kind of, like you said before, they almost like take them for granted or... They don't really understand the referee's role. So can you kind of just tell me, like, the importance of the referee? Kind of, you know, smarten me up a little bit, but, you know, kind of smart up the fans out there, too. It's not just the third man in the ring. It's so much more than that.
2: Yeah, it's a lot more. And what I mean by that is a referee can make or break a match. A referee can make a good match better, and it can make a bad match horrible. And for a referee, it's all about positioning. It's all about timing. It's all about being able to work with a heel and a baby face. It's being able to communicate time cues. It's being able to communicate spots when the boys are down. I mean, it, it, there's all these factors that people don't take into consideration that a referee has a responsibility of. Uh, like I said, you got safety. you got times. you got the crowd to worry about. you got to make sure that nobody's going to come in the ring and try and do something. Uh Time cues, uh, you, you're, you're given feedback from the producer of Vince McMahon or Krista Joseph in your earpiece if they want to see something different or somebody needs to tighten up their punches or their kick out's got to be better. You need to communicate all this stuff. So there's all these different factors. There's, there's probably about 20 different things that you need to be cautious of and aware of, and you've got to make sure that you're doing it right and these are the things that that I think people don't have the perspective on, that there's so much going on for a referee all at once, and you need to be dead on, or else you can mess up the outcome of the match or the match itself, is that I think that right there is a major talent in itself, and that a lot of people don't get the credit referee-wise, that, oh, my God, you have all this stuff going on, whereas the boys have the match that they just need to take care of. Whereas they're they're communicating, but they have the match that they focus on, but they're they're not concerned with any time cues, listening to people in the back, safety, communicating, counts, all this other good stuff. So it's funny because I've actually had guys and girls, talent-wise, who have had special referee appearances or matches. They're the guest referee... And they'll ask, hey, you know, like, what should I do? Oh, man. And so, you know, you kind of give them pointers. But then they come back and they go, oh, my God, I'd never want to be a referee. Oh, my God, that sucks. I hate to be you. Man, there's just too much going on. I couldn't focus. So, you know, to hear stuff like that, I get a chuckle and it makes me laugh. But at the same time, I just know as a referee and my referee brothers out there, I know what we go through. And there's nothing else I'd rather be doing in the business than being a great referee
0: seems like there's so much more involved than you would think with a referee it's kind of the talents just like hey a a to z you know you just gotta do that but as a referee you're doing a b c d all the way up to Z. so you mean you're doing everything what do you think is like the biggest misconception about a referee's role
2: the biggest misconception is is i feel that the referee doesn't count or he's not important I, I, I really feel that wholeheartedly that folks, the misconception is the referee doesn't count, or he's just a referee. You know, like we don't need to know his name, we don't need to say his name. That the referee doesn't count, that he's not important. When the referee is in fact the third man, or in a tag team they're the fifth man or whatever. You know, a referee is a very very vital part of the match. I don't care if you're an indie show, you're on a Mexican show a WWE show, a Lucha Underground show, the referees are very, very important. They have a great job and responsibility to the match. And if referees aren't doing our jobs, then the matches that everybody loves and says that that was a great match, that was that, the referees had something to do with it too. You know. So I think that's the biggest misconception is that people feel that it's just the wrestler, so to speak, if you don't have a great referee in, in, in that match, then the match isn't going to be what it is. So, like Forrest Gump says, that's all i got to say about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mentioned something before about Vince McMahon or Krista Joseph in the earpiece. How much is going on in that earpiece during the match? Is there a lot of chatter, or is it minimal?
2: It depends. It depends on uh, uh, who's in the ring. For example, let's say... You're in the ring with Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. It, you really – the only thing you hear is time cues. That's it. you know. But if it's somebody that's getting established or somebody in a dark match or something of that nature, then you'll hear a lot of talk and a lot of you know, this and that, or, hey, have them do this, have them do that, or grab a hold here, or stay there, stay there, let them get the crowd. Oh, their punches look like crap. Oh, have them tighten up this i tell them to grab the leg when they kick out next time. Just all these different things, you know, that that you can hear, or I've heard, and I'm sure that other referees have heard that too. But it, it just depends with the talent. Like I said, I mean, with with Shawn Michaels, Jericho, these guys, you know, I'm sure referees don't hear that much because guys at that level, they go in and, and they know how to work and they had to know how to do it. But when you got people doing dark matches or you got people getting looked at or somebody's trying a new character or a new whatever, you know, the Bench McMahon's, the agents, the Krista Josephs and such, they're gonna be in your ear telling you, you know, what they want to see from this particular talent. And you know, sometimes it's a lot, sometimes all you hear is a time cue and that's it.
0: We've been a referee, I always, you know, I'm curious to know do they actually look up to other referees? You know, like you'll see, um, you know, like a Jericho saying, he really looked up to a Shawn Michaels. Is there somebody that, you know, a referee that you look up to? Like, I would think back of, of like a guy like Tommy Young. And I always thought, even when I was younger, like, man, this guy, he, he really, he, you know, he's an awesome referee. There's something about him. He, you know, he added the player's Steamboat, boat or, or he just, something about him, he's just great. Do you look up to any other referees?
2: Oh, absolutely. Tim White, I love Tim White. Tim White, I mean, was a guy. It, actually, there's three guys that that I took from, and I made it my own. It was Tommy Young, who you mentioned, who I've never met, but I'd love to meet eventually, you know, just to get a picture with him or just to say hello and thank him for paving the way for me to do what I do. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim White is the second guy. And Timmy, I, I got to know through WWE when he was an agent and such, and he would critique me and everything. And we would hang out. We would have a – you know, a drink or two, you know, back in the day. And then Mike Kyoto. Mike Kyoto was somebody that, you know, I still look up to and go like, man, Kyoto's awesome. But those three guys are the other guys that I was just like, oh my God, I was just so in awe of and just wanted to take what they did and, and make it my own, which eventually I did. But yeah, I mean, you know, Jericho looked up to Sean. Sean looked up to Flair. So yeah, you know, I looked up to Tommy Young. I looked up to Tim White and such. And, uh, you know, yeah, we, as referees, there's guys that, that you want to emulate. There's guys that you want to be like because those guys are on TV for a reason. It's not that they were just put there because, you know, they're just a referee. Guys like that knew how to work and they know how to work. And those guys were that good. That's why, you know, they made it on TV. So there, there's my buddies that I see uh, in WWE today. I mean, you know, John Cohn you know, Chad Patton, you know, Jack Dunn, who was there, you know, Jack helped me a lot when I was at WWE. And, and I'm going to give a quick shout out to everybody. Mike Kyoto, Goose Mahoney, you know, Jimmy Cordaris, uh, Scott Armstrong, I mentioned, Charles Robinson, love little Nate. I see stuff that he does, you know, on TV and, you know, I'll, I'll see something and go, okay, well, you know, I'm going to try that next time. Or Oh, I'll, I like the way he's positioned there. You know, so there's stuff that I still see and I, I want to make, make changes or improve. Uh, and that's the other thing with referees is that, you know, there's always something that you can improve on. And I tell guys that all the time, you know, and the misconception is, oh, you just a referee, you just do this. No, you need to learn different things, positioning counts, all the other good stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm sure I went off on a tangent right there, but uh, there you go.
0: <laughs> love it. Great uh, great little tangent. absolutely love it a lot of uh, good referees there for sure guys that definitely stand out and definitely know what they're doing and definitely play a pivotal and key role in the match I'm always curious about kind of when the match goes awry or or maybe like an injury happens or something you know it's almost like an improvisation or something on the fly and maybe you're getting some from the earpiece maybe it's some quick thinking on your part is there ever anything you know that you can remember in your career where you had to do some kind of like improvising when it really wasn't supposed to go that way
2: yeah, uh, New Year's Revolution, uh, January, two thousand seven. Uh, it was Randy and Edge against uh, Hunter and Sean, Degeneration X versus Rated uh, RKO. Uh, where, where Hunter blew out his quad uh, in Kansas City. I was there. I was in that match, and you know we had a finish laid out and everything else. And then when Hunter blew his quad, it it, it was something you know that I'll never forget. It was something that I had to go communicate to Edge and Randy and Sean, you know, that, that Hunter was hurt. And if I wasn't able to go do that, then I don't think things would have turned out the way they did. So that match had a finish, but being that Hunter got hurt the way he did and then I had to communicate to Sean and Randy and Edge, they changed the finish on the fly. And what they did is they turned it into a schmas. And ultimately, I ended up getting punched by Sean and stuff, and the match eventually got thrown out because Hunter was hurt, legitimately hurt with his hamstring. And, yeah, I mean, you know, stuff like that, you know, where where Hunter gets hurt and everything else after that is called on the fly, that goes back to being a good referee, being a good communicator, and being there and not losing your cool, being calm and collected. Whereas if you're losing – your, your mind there, where, or and you start to panic, that's the last thing that you want to do. You want to be calm, collected, and be able to communicate and everything because you just don't want to make the situation any worse. So being in there for Hunter and being able to communicate to Sean and these guys and, you know, we, we, we did something completely different, I think that just goes to show that it takes a good referee to do that. And being a part of those types of things, you know, it just makes you who you are.
0: That match, uh, you know, a lot of people remember for that injury and kind of great to have a good referee in there with some quick thinking because, like you said before, if you had a rookie in there or somebody didn't know what they were doing, they might kind of screw up that finish. And then you get, uh, you know, Triple H mad at you and you get uh, Vince mad at you, right?
2: hmm Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and that was the thing when, when Hunter got hurt. When he went down, I started asking him because i seen him wince and he just, ah, and I asked him, I said, what's wrong? And he said, you know, I'm screwed. And I said, what is it? What is it? And he goes, it's my quad. And I went, oh, my God. So right away, I went and told Sean. And here we go. Sean started, you know, being the general that he is. And we went to a whole different finish. And it turned out to be a no contest. Schmas is what it did. So, you know, being able to communicate that and say, okay, here's coming. Go tell Randy this. Go tell whatever. Or here, I'm, I'm punching you. You know, take a bump. There you go. You know, being able to do that, you know, a good referee does that. And if if you're not going to be cool, calm, collected, and you're going to panic and you're going to overreact and stuff, you're just going to make the situation, like I said, you're just going to make it worse. But, you know, that's something, you know, that I pride myself on when I get in there is that, okay, I'm ready for anything. I don't care what it is. I'm ready for anything. And at this point in my career, okay, I, I think I've seen it just about everything. So I'm ready for anything.
0: Hmm. And obviously with WB, you've been all around the world. But I'm always curious about where did the referees come from with WB? I know obviously you guys have training and this or that, but who's actually kind of scouting for referees out there? Is it like a senior official? Would it be like a Tim White kind of recruiting for you? Or who brought you into the WWE?
2: Actually, Tommy Dreamer brought brought me into the WWE. Oh wow! And yeah, and for me, it was different. It was a different time, and w- when I started, uh, you know, trying to get noticed, you know, you know, I was what 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 I like to say I was a squeaky wheel, and what I mean by that is the squeaky wheel always gets hurt most, and people have a tendency to to listen to the squeaky wheel and make sure that it stops squeaking, but Back in that time, you know, you know, I was emailing, calling people, sending VHS tapes to whoever I could at the time, whether it be JJ Dillon or J.R. or whoever, I was doing this. And then ultimately when John Learnidas came on board, I did the same thing to him. But Tommy Dreamer was really one of the guys who, who took notice of me and really said, Hey, you know, you know, you're you're a good little referee. But as far as, you know, them having a referee talent scout, I I really don't think that that's the case. It may have changed now because of NXT and all the other good stuff, but from even when I was there, there were certain referees, you know, who would come in as an extra, as a security guy, whatever, and, you know, like they would say, well, I'm a referee or whatever, and then they would, you know, get a dark match or, or they would get looked at But there wasn't anything specific saying, okay, we're looking for this referee in L.A. We're looking for this referee in New York. There's nothing like that. I know they they have that with talent, that they have somebody that they hear about that they'll have somebody look at or give them, you know, a call or whatever. But it's real different with a referee because you're not really getting looked at like like, like a talent would. It's pretty much you go and you present yourself. You know, for me, like I tell guys, be your own, promoter, be your, 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 promote yourself to the gills. Make sure, you know, that you're, you know, loud and proud because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. And and that's the mentality that I took, that I was loud and proud and and I made sure that people heard of, of Marty and that they knew who Marty was and they knew that I was in California and that I was good and I was whatever. But I think it's different now. I think that, that they'll see different guys now today And then they'll say, oh, yeah, like that guy could be a referee. And I know that they've done that, that they've actually, there's been some wrestlers who they felt could be a better referee. So I know that they've had guys, you know, who were wrestlers at camps and they've made them into referees. Whereas for me, I I came in and I trained as a wrestler, but I had an aha moment one time and I said, I can do something different. I can do something to bring something to the table. I can be a referee. So I started to, the referee and that's what I did I focused on being a great referee I watched tapes I learned I l- listened and that's what I wanted to do and I never wanted to be a wrestler although I can bump and do whatever I never wanted to be that wrestler because I knew I wasn't a six foot eight I wasn't 380 pounds nor was I good looking so <laughs> you know hey what can I do to help contribute become a referee and that's what I did and I studied Tim White. I studied Tommy Young. I studied my Kyoto, and I went in, and I would have people critique me, and I would ask questions, and, yeah, voila, here comes Marty Elias. But to answer your question, I don't think that they're scouting referees per se. I, I could be wrong, but that's just going off of my experience and my knowledge, you know.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Now, did you, uh, were you there while they kind of tried to transform uh, Guido Maritato into a referee? Because that was one thing that we actually saw before our eyes, where we saw Teddy Long move from the manager back to being a referee. Obviously, he was a referee before he became uh, an active manager. But little Guido was kind of getting transitioned into becoming a referee. Now, were you there for that whole uh, transition for him?
2: No, I had just got my future endeavors paperwork uh, at that time and when i seen that i you know everybody's like well aren't you mad Guido i mean no i mean more power to him here's my take if a guy's going to work and he's going to get a spot more power to you man i'm happy for you because i want to see guys and girls in this business work and if you're working in this business and you're being successful and you're getting paid then you're doing okay i'm not going to sit and hate on you you know did it hurt yeah was i a good referee sitting at home who had my Future Endeavor paperwork in my hand. Yeah, but, you know, more power to you, man. So, no, I wasn't there.
1: Yeah, it was just uh, i was wondering that from the start just because of the time frame and because it was such a weird transition because it's not like it's a guy we've never seen on TV before. And obviously if you watch WWE television today and you know some people from the indie scene, there's one guy in particular that – you know, you've definitely, uh, he would stand out like a sore thumb just because if you've seen him, you know, quote, work, you know, you've known what he's done in his past. But, uh, yeah, I thought the little Guido one was interesting. But when you got that release and, you know, and you, you got Future Endeavored, to see a referee get Future Endeavored, I think from the fans' perspective, is interesting because, you know, you've explained the role, you've explained what you do. How do you market yourself as a referee? And you said you wanted to leave the business, but how does a referee kind of market themselves after they do get released by WWE?
2: Well, you know, you need to strike when the iron's hot. And this goes for talent as well. You know, people still have you fresh in their minds on being on TV. So you go out and you reach out to the boys, promoters, whomever that may be, and you go out and you market yourself. Like I said, you need to be your own promoter. You need to, you know, either have an agent or get somebody who's going to help promote you or you go do it yourself. You know, but more times I think... You know, self-promotion is the best promotion. You know, you know. I've never had an agent. I've never had anybody. If I'm talking to promoters, I'm talking to people. Even with WWE and Lucha Underground, I'm the guy that's talking for Marty Lives. You know, because I honestly feel that I don't need anybody talking for me because I can do my own talking. But, you know, there's some people who uh, need that. But you just go out and you market yourself and you just tell people you're available, uh, that this is what you can do, you know. Um Make sure that your reputation precedes you, and you know you're a good guy, and you know you can work. You know that, that's what I think a lot of people, you know, miss. You know, uh, you need to you need to know how to work, whether it be a worker or a referee. You need you need to know how to work. Um, so there, but yeah, you know, when when I got Future Endeavored, I was done. I really was.
0: As I start to wind it down a bit here, you know we talked about, obviously a little bit about the release, but we talked about WrestleMania 25. Obviously, we talked a chunk of the interview about Lucha Underground, but he you have a favorite, you know, a match that you refereed, would it be the WrestleMania 25? And is there any others that kind of rank up there or maybe be up there with that match?
2: Uh, to answer your question, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, WrestleMania 25, a big yes. Th- that was everything that I worked for up until that point. And even today, you know, that match was something, you know, that I will never, ever forget. And that's a highlight of my career, you know, although, you know, I've done some cool stuff. That right there was a highlight for me. Uh, Working the Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho angle was great too. You know, once again, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes, you know, you're requested to be a referee for certain matches and such and everything. You know, that's one of those instances where, you know, I was asked, and you know you know to be a part of that Jericho and Shawn Michaels angle in 2008 was amazing um and then working with Ricky Steamboat and uh, Chris Jericho when when Steamboat had his first and only match at no way out against Jericho that was that was crazy you know to to be in the ring with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat i mean that that right there is i mean mania shawn and uh jericho angle 2008 and then working with um Ricky the Dragonsteam, but we probably, you know, highlights. But, you know, there's just so much more, too, you know. I, I could sit here for hours and tell you some of the cool stuff and cool matches and cool people that I work with. But for me, just talking to you off the cuff right now, off the top of my head, those three things are things that, oh, my God, this is insane. And, of course, Lucha Underground and working, you know, the Triple Manias in, in Mexico and in the World Cup. Those are awesome things, too. So there you go.
0: With being a referee, sometimes it seems like, maybe maybe I'm wrong here, maybe it's a bad analogy, you tell me, but it's almost like being somebody's personal catcher sometimes. Like you said, when talent requests do you, know, Greg Maddox always had his own personal catcher, who was different than their normal catcher. Do you ever feel that way? You're almost like uh, somebody like a uh, cat, or their personal uh, catcher, you or the one that's going to be doing most of their matches?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I've had guys... Requests me all the time. And I'm not saying this as an egomaniac or, oh my God, you know, I, I'm not saying that. And, and when I say this, I'm saying it with love and confidence that I've been blessed to work as hard as I have. People respect and love my work, that they want me in there because they feel comfortable. They know that they don't have to worry about their match. They don't have to worry about the referee messing up. They know that when they're working with me, that everything's going to be okay. And, and That's what I like to tell people, you know, if you're getting requested or people want you in their match is because they're comfortable with you and they know everything is going to be okay. But yeah, I, you know, see it as a privilege, you know, when somebody has said, Hey, you know what? I want you tonight. Or do you have my match? No. Well, I'm going to go change that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, Greg Maddox, I mean, Randy Johnson, all these guys had their certain catchers that they, they love Kershaw. He's got his guy, but um, yeah, it was was great. You know, on on the live events, you know, you would just work for two to three weeks at a time and people would get comfortable with you. And then come pay-per-view time, you know, it was like, okay, well, you're going to have the pay-per-view match too because you've worked these last three or four weeks with this leading to the pay-per-view. So then that's why you would have, you know, the pay-per-view match as well. So that's how that worked.
0: Do you have a favorite moment so far on Lucha Underground? Obviously, through two and a half, almost three seasons now, do you have something that really, really sticks out? Obviously, there's been so many crazy, great moments on the show.
2: The one that I really love right now is probably my favorite, is the Black Lotus uh, Triad against Pentagon. That match, that gauntlet match with those young ladies, was off the hook. It, it, It was... So cool to be a part of that and to uh, be in there with them. It, it was great. You know, like those three young ladies, I mean, I love those girls to death. You know, they 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 worked hard. And it, it was so much fun being in there with Pentagon and and doing that. Of course, working with uh, Mundo is always a pleasure. Working with Ray. Of course, we work together in, you know, WWE. But working with those guys. I mean, Johnny Mundo... To me honestly, and I tell him this all the time he's in his prime I mean he's he's so much better than John Morrison and Johnny Nitro ever was. He's doing things and he's creatively and just who he is as an individual I mean the guy is in his prime, and I'm so glad that I'm able to be able to work with him right now because he's just he's on fire so there you go
1: yeah he is uh, he's on another planet, and we've seen his progression from just uh, on WWE TV is just being a tough enough contestant through when he left WWE. And everybody kind of, you know, gave a little bit of a head scratch. Like, wow, at this point he's leaving, and look at what he's done since. And he's just, uh, the future is bright for uh, for Johnny Mundo. But as we get to uh, wrap it up here, I always like to throw it out there, you know, where do you see yourself in five years or what's your legacy so far in professional wrestling. But I think you've got such a unique perspective on everything uh, that you've done in your career and what you're still going to do, and you reference being the Shawn Michaels of referees, and you've definitely been an Ironman with us, uh, to say the least. But where do you see Lucha Underground in the next five years? Obviously, more seasons to come. Uh, we've, been, uh, we've been told that through uh, you know, different people we've had on, but what do you see Lucha Underground growing to over the next five years?
2: I, I see Lucha Underground growing into a brand within itself. Uh, with the lRA Network and, you know, the whole conglomerate, MGM, and doing things that nobody has done, you know, and what I mean by that, there's different entities that Luch Underground has been exploring. I won't give those away. So it's going to be something different that folks haven't been able to do or they can't do because of who they are. But Luch Underground has that ability to do that. Do I see Luch Underground in five years? Yes, I do. You know, would I like to go back to WWE in the future? Absolutely. Where I see Marty Elias, I see, you know, uh prospering, uh, enjoying the business even more so, learning and changing the whole uh referee uh stigma uh with you know, a referee is just a referee. I I personally take that personally, and that sounds stupid, but I do take it personally, uh because I want to show people and I want other referees to to see it, you know, that referees are vital, that we mean so much more and we're so much more valuable than people give us credit for. And Marty Elias wants to break that stigma, and I plan to break that stigma and to prove and to show everybody. And with that being said, you know, I have my first referee clinic with Santino Brothers here in Southern California on February 18th. Uh, You know, it's $30 to attend, and I advise Workers and referees to come in. Uh, I'm going to show you tricks of the trade. I'm going to get in the ring with you. I'm going to show you how to work with a baby face and a heel, and I will, uh, you know, get you ready for what you need to do. So there you go.
1: Yeah, that clinic looks awesome. If you head on over to your Twitter page, which I'd like you to give out in just a minute, you get to get all the details about that clinic and about the Santino Brothers uh, seminar that you got coming up. And it's uh, if you're in that Southern California area, you're in California. You're on the West Coast. Get over there if you want to learn how to be a referee. And obviously, we've kind of gone over everything. And as a smarter fan or smarter fans listening, you can definitely appreciate the role of the referee. And we've seen so many great talents uh, get that assist from the referee when sometimes a match goes awry. But, Marty, this has been so much fun. And we really appreciate you coming on. But like I said, please give the fans and the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling all the information on where they can find anything and everything in the world of Marty Elias.
2: You can find me at Twitter at Marty Elias 1967 on Facebook, Marty Elias, Instagram at Marty Elias 67. Uh, that's mar- at Marty Elias 67. and uh, for my uh, wrestling cl- or my wrestling referee clinic, uh, you can go to Santinobrothers.net. Uh, they have all the information there. You can sign up in advance or you can show up day of. Uh, really looking forward to that. And if you want to book me, you're interested in booking a great referee, uh, you can email me, bookmartyelias at com, And that's bookmartielias, it's one word, at gmail.com. Uh, I, I just want to thank you guys for letting me be a part of this. want to thank the fans, the listeners, the believers, WWE Universe. I mean, thank you for everything, you know, without, you know, the fans and without people believing in who I am. I, I wouldn't get to do the things that I've been able to be blessed to do. And I I thank you sincerely. I really do.
1: Oh, it's our pleasure. We've had a ton of fun tonight. This has been uh, a learning experience, to say the least. And I hope a lot of people got a lot out of everything you said, because if you weren't on the edge of your seat listening to that Shawn Michaels Undertaker story, then you are not a fan of the wrestling business. That was uh, really awesome. We really appreciate you sharing that. And, again, thank you so much for coming on tonight.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I hope to come back sooner than later.
1: Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of
3: wrestling. What the world is downloading.